In the first Sunday of Lent, we always hear the story of the temptation of Jesus in the desert. And the version of Mark, which we just heard a few minutes ago, a few seconds ago, is the shortest of all gospel. But it's nonetheless very instructive of our own Lenten journey. So let us unpack it a little bit because it really gives us great insight as to how we port, how we can fortify ourselves in this season of Lent. We were told that the Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert and he remained in the desert for 40 days tempted by Satan. I've always been curious about this. It's like the Spirit of God, meaning God Himself, drove Jesus to be tempted by Satan in the desert. What a good father will do that, <laughs> to put your son in harm's way and to be tested by Satan. If I have a kid, I wouldn't want to do that. Is this really the way we understand this? You know, this also brings to mind uh, the line in Our Father, it's, which in English we have this translation, and lead us not into temptation. How can a good father lead his son or daughter to temptation? The tendency for us is really to, to steer away our children from any sort of temptation. So how do we need to understand this? Jesus, when he was sent by the Father, assumed our humanity. He was fully human and he was fully divine. And he knew that to be fully human, he also would be subjected to temptations just like everyone else. And allowing himself to be subjected to temptations, he is giving us a pattern, a model on how to deal with it or with them. It's just like a coach trying to push his trainee to reach a different level of a different a different level of success along the way pushing the trainee to get better and better and this is really what what the purpose of Jesus in subjecting himself to temptation to tell us that in his full humanity just like us and just like him we have also the capacity the capacity to say no and overcome any kind of temptation. This just reminds me of, of the words of St. Teresa of Avila in one of, her, in one of her writings. She was complaining to God. You know, she was complaining to God. It's like, Lord, I have dedicated my entire life to you in prayer, but if you look at my life, I experience incredible sufferings. Why me, Lord, when I have given my life to you? And Jesus, she wrote, replied to him and said, 
that's how I treat my friends. And Teresa replied, no wonder you have very few friends. <laughs> and this tells us that part of our friendship with God is really to overcome temptation. And in that friendship, we are not alone, but rather He is the primary teacher for us on how to live our own discipleship. And this is really what I've always emphasized by what divine solidarity is all about. <laughs> he is right there with us, walking right side by side with us, teaching us the ways of the kingdom. We were also told that he was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. In the Gospel of Mark, the evangelists did not really enumerate what are those temptations that Jesus had to battle with or content with. Unlike in the Gospel of Matthew and in the Gospel of Luke, we were enumerated what those temptations were. Remember, the first one was like, if you are really the Son of Man, turn this stone into bread. The temptation for material things. We all battle with that in one way or another because we, we have our own needs. The desire to accumulate, the desire to be secured, the desire to to have things. And then we, we were also told of that second temptation where the devil brought Jesus at the very top of the temple and said, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down because I know that the angels will just going to be flying to rescue you. And Jesus said, don't tempt your God. Don't tempt your God. That's also a temptation sometimes that we experience in our own lives. If you're really God, you can, you, you can take this away from me, this suffering. You know, just like the complaint of Teresa of Avila. If you're really God, if you're really true, if you're really there, you can make this work for me. You can do this favor for me. And of course, the third one was the temptation to power. If you will only worship me, you see all of those kingdoms that, you, that your eyes can see, I will give them all to you. Just kneel down and worship me, the temptations to power. Material things, affirmation, and power are three things that we battle with in one form or another in our own relationships. But Mark was not very specific. He only used the word wild beasts. What are those wild beasts that we struggle with, that we battle with in our own life? I have my own list of wild beasts. Wild beasts that sometimes devour us instead of us having the courage to, to fend them off, we willingly submit ourselves to. 
It can be in a form of vice. It can be in a form of addiction, our favorite sin. Whatever it is that steer us away from the embrace of the Father. Talking about temptation, you know, when b before I always get embarrassed to go to my confessor, it's a little bit different when you are a priest and you confess to another priest because the priest will remember you. <laughs> At least when you come to me, I don't remember you because there's a lot of people here. But when you go to a priest, and especially you have a relationship, you know, and uh, I'm so embarrassed because for <laughs> it's always the same thing. And because of my embarrassment, I would always phrase it by saying, okay, you might remember. You might remember this is what I've done. And, and you know, he's an older priest, a very just, a very compassionate. I said, oh, Carrie, I won't remember. I was like, okay, we're in confession. You might go to confession to me after because you might, I know you remember. And, uh, and, I said, it's, it's the same thing. And then he, he told me, you know, the first step, at least in my own spiritual life, the way I, I deal with temptation, the best way for me is to run away from it. I said, how can you run away? You're using a cane already. <laughs> and he said, you know, sometimes our spiritual life, our soul, runs faster than our own feet, and you can do that. When I said, how do you do that? How do you run away from temptation? He said, look at your sins. And I always have a list. I dread someone finding my little book. Um, I, you know, I, I burn it every year because I dread that, you know, I would forget it. And... Uh, somewhere but whenever i go to confession i would put it in a because i don't want to this is a good tip by the way when you go to confession write your sins it's a lot easier to remember because a lot of people would recall it right there and they would always forget and you just go through it uh, and i do that when i go to confession um and uh, and since I always go back to my previous confessions, it's like, oh my, it's the same thing over again. But he said, you see, you're repeating these sins because your mind is conditioned already to something. And I was like, what do you mean? You know exactly when and what are the circumstances that put you into the sins. And once you know that there's the red flags already, Run away from them. <laughs> if, you're, if you're battling on charity, and normally it's the same people, when you see that person, run away from that person. <laughs> and I said, some of them I can't run away from. <laughs> I see them regularly. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then he said, well, what are the other things? And, 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 I, and I realized that's true. That's the best way. That's the initial way. But that's only the first step. I said, I cannot be running away from people. And he said, that's true. Once you run away, then you put yourself out from that temptation, then you can, then you can work on, on other things. 
I know you can run away from that person every time, but it's going to give you the opportunity to find a way for you to see the presence of God in that person, to see the person of Christ in that person that you're having difficulty with. So that next time you see that person, you don't run away from that person. Then you can truly relate and talk to that person in love. And that's the same thing, you know, with temptations of the flesh. If you're struggling with the temptation of the flesh, and uh, of course those temptations come when you're alone, by yourself, and the best way to run away from them is just to put yourself in, in a space where there's people. Well, you cannot always run away that way, but at least that gives you the opportunity and the time to actually work on your spirituality and then see ourselves as temple of the Holy Spirit. A radical change of mindset, changing the way we see ourselves, then, then we are able to be on our own and be okay with it and not be overcome by the temptation of impurity. And the best way to, bat to battle temptation is really prayer. You know, without a solid prayer life, that's our biggest defense, to, to tell you the truth. In, in my own spiritual life, if I'm sliding down to sin, and if I'm sliding down to sin, and... Uh, Whenever I, I write my sins, it gets longer and longer for a specific time. I ask myself, what were my schedule like during this time? And all the time, I always realize that I slide down to sin whenever my prayer life suffers. The less praying I do, the more I slide down to sin. I always, that's, for me, that's, that's the way. That's the way, that's just a huge indicator. If my list gets longer and longer, gets longer and longer, then I know that I'm not praying enough. And when I'm praying more and more, the list gets shorter and shorter. And the most effective way to fight temptation is really to grow in our participation in the Eucharist. Guys, it's the most effective. Um, I, I know that because of our own work, we can't really you know, go to the Eucharist every single day. But genuinely, the people that I have gotten to know really well are people, especially in their spirituality, and I am edified by your sanctity, are people, are people who are also daily mass goers. And, and it makes sense to me. It makes sense to me because the more we receive Christ, and we truly believe that what we receive here is not a symbol of Jesus, but Jesus himself, our spirit is fortified. Our walls are fortified all the more. I am not saying, though, don't get me wrong, that those who only go to Mass, 
every Sunday are not holy. I'm not saying that, okay? Don't, don't go to that route. What I'm saying is the more we have frequent reception to the Holy Communion, to the Eucharist, the more we are strengthened against any kind of temptation because Christ dwells in us in a very special way. That's the way to sanctification. Lastly, we were told here that the angels ministered to him while he was battling temptations. The, the angels ministered to him. Who ministers to you in your fight against temptations? Where do you go to? Where do you get your resources and your tools to fight against temptation? Where do you get your defense? What ministers to you? Because temptations are all over the place every single day, you know? And it doesn't matter whether you're actively outside or in your, just in your house. It's the same thing. You know, uh, I, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a monk, and he said, oh, I said, Mark, I'm sure you don't struggle a lot with temptations here in the monastery. He said, oh, tell me about it. He said, temptations here abound than when I was outside. I said, what do, you, what do you mean? You're just in your cell, you work. It's like, oh, it's all over the place. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you are. But the most important thing is that we have the right tools. What are your tools? Where do you go to? Where do you go to? Aside from the Eucharist, we have the saints to look up to as models of faith and discipleship. We have the sacraments. We have the sacrament of confession. We have, we have most especially the Eucharist. We are not bereft of tools in order to fortify our spiritual life in our fight against temptations, but we need to have them in our hands and believe in them. May we persevere like Jesus has given us in the gospel today. In our battle against our own beasts, the beast in our own lives. And remember, too, that in the end, battling against our beasts is not solely our own work. It is God's work. Because without, just depending on my own... If it's just me, I'm going to be a mess. Well, I'm a mess sometimes already. But I'm going to be messier. Without God, I'm not going to be able to deal with it. The beast that I contend with in my own life. So that is why we are not alone on this. Remember that Jesus was not alone. He was ministered by the angels, and the Spirit was right there with him just like with us.